Welcome to another episode of Boots and Backstraps. I am your host, Shane Michael, and I'm joined in studio as always by my ever so handsome and talented sharpshooter, Tom the Antelope Slayer Cat. <laughs> we had fun. That was a great trip. Thank you for the intro, and uh, good to see everybody. Welcome, welcome to Boots and Backstraps. We have an exciting guest again tonight. Where's my come on now? Come on now. Come on now. Before we even get into that, let's just start right away by reminding everyone that's watching or listening to give us a like, comment, share, subscribe to our different channels. We uh, appreciate the support when you leave comments and when you share and stuff like that. It helps us beat those social media, media algorithms, and so we need that. So give us the like, the share, the comment, all that stuff. We've got a link tree address um, <clears throat> that you can find um, that shows all the different places where you can catch the show as well. So, yeah, buddy. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun night tonight. Uh I'm still recovering from our trip. That was a <laughs> brutal drive. It was. I mean, I've been to Montana and Idaho and Colorado. I mean, hundreds of times, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, countless times. But it just seems that last trip, going through the northern tier of South Dakota, whether you go through St. Cloud, Minnesota, or you go through Alexandria, and then head west, and it's up and down and lots and lots of turns and we almost got killed on the way home. Sure I'll did. Let, I'll let you tell that story. Sure did. But uh, that's a long, 13 hours, 12, 13 hours. Well, it's funny because I tell people 13 hours, and they're like, it's 13 hours from northwest South Dakota? And I was like, well, it's 12 to North Branch, but then I got an hour drive home after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, that was a fun trip, though. We it was. Have, uh, some wonderful friends out. We'll tell the folks about them maybe today, and or maybe when we Maybe when we recap that trip. Yeah, we're going to have a recap episode where we'll tell all the fun stories from things that happened with the trip and, you know, including the our harrowing near-death experience. Yeah. <laughs> we, we weren't even really that far out of where we were, where our camp was. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, they have such a horrible drought going there. And, you know, Shane, ever since I've been home, I've been every day I've been watching the weather, and they're still not getting any rain. I mean, they haven't got any rain all summer. Everything's just dry, and thank God they haven't had any fires. Uh, the lightning strikes during a rainstorm will prompt those fires. Yeah. And uh, they still haven't gotten any rain. No, it's pretty sad. Yeah, it is. It's, it's really sad. I'm kind of thirsty. I'm thirsty, too. Should we get into this <laughs> bad boy here? Yeah, I, I really like this segment. Uh, Matt, uh, we'll introduce Matt in a minute, but for those of you that are maybe new to the show, uh this is, well, it's not new anymore. We've done probably 10 at least episodes where we start the program with a brand new bottle of bourbon. And Shane is an aficionado when it comes to bourbons. So he uh, shares with us the history and the making and uh, all that should be known about these uh, various bottles of bourbon that he's bringing on. And I can't wait to see what we have for us tonight. Yeah, so we, uh, if Lynn Kitty wants to bring us some glasses, if you wouldn't mind, ma'am, please and thank you. And, uh, and I'll just get right into this. So it's a George Dickel Barrel Select is what we're getting into tonight. And uh, George Dickel, their distillery is uh, in Coffee County, Tennessee. So this is a Tennessee whiskey. Not to get into a Chris Stapleton. You don't want me doing that, but maybe Matt can knock a little Tennessee whiskey out while he's here. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this is Tennessee, and uh, these guys – um, the distillery was formed in 1878, and uh, what they're known for is being very smooth, very mellow. 
a lot easier drinker than some of the higher proofs. This one's in, I think it's in 86. Yeah, 86. This is an 86 proof for 43% alcohol. And uh, this is a fantastic bottle. Anything that, that Dickel makes is really good. Some of their like more base stuff, like you would imagine, anything on the rail at the bar, the, like the, the very base level ones are maybe not as nice to drink, but this one is going to be beautiful for us tonight. So Maybe you can explain uh, to me and to the listeners What's the difference between a Tennessee whiskey and a Kentucky bourbon? Nothing. So bourbon, well, let me go back up. There is a difference between your sort of standard whiskey and bourbon, and that comes back to that bondled and bond, bonded act that we talked about from 1897. Mm -hmm. That was a regulation that was instilled specifically for bourbon. And in order to be called a bourbon versus a whiskey, there's a bunch of regulation, including 51% corn. It has to be aged at least four years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We talked about that in a previous episode. Right. And so that would take it from sort of a general whiskey where it's maybe a year old, two years old, three years old, a higher, you know, like um, scotch, a super high in peat, or yep. maybe something that's got more rye in it. That's not a bourbon because it's very rye. It's very peaty, whatever. Bourbon specifically is 51 plus percent corn and at least four years old. So this one is, I think this is six. This little girl right here is six. Yep, six years old. <laughs> and so, I had oh, a, yeah. I had, a, I had a listener ask me, he says, well, doesn't it have to come from specifically Kentucky to be no. considered a bourbon? Now they make bourbon all over the U.S. Now, it has okay. to be in the U.S. to be bourbon because bourbon is an American brand okay. in itself. But, uh, no, there's Texas bourbon. There's obviously Tennessee bourbon. We've got this is Tennessee. Um, and uh, Kentucky's known. It's like the, the birthplace of bourbon, American bourbon. Right. Um, we've had quite a few Kentucky bourbons in, in our show on different episodes. But Jim this, Beam is made in Tennessee, right? Uh, Jim Beam's made in Tennessee. Jack Daniels, but Jack Daniels isn't bourbon. Right. You know, Jim Beam is bourbon. Yep. Um, but Jack Daniels is sour mash. Right, and that's so. a whiskey. Jack Daniels actually yep. is a whiskey, Yep. not a bourbon. Right. So bourbon kind of technically is whiskey. Right. Um, it just is sort of a different level of whiskey where it has to meet all these different rules, that bottled and bonded act that we talked about. So let's get into this bad boy. Matt, slide your glass over. We will pour you first, sir. And we'll give everybody a little bit of the nose here first before I pour it. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. I get, so the thing I like about this mm. one is more fruit, maybe some apple, apricot, yeah. pear maybe in there. I'm not used to smelling it. <laughs> that's new. You know, we had a, <laughs> Matt, we had a steakhouse and, you know, we had a, hundred different wines and I really got to enjoy smelling the fragrances of the different yeah. wines and I'm really getting to enjoy uh, smelling the different fragrances of these whiskeys because there is a difference. Producer Danny, you going to have some? Oh, yeah. All right, I'm not going to put the cap back on it. Lynn Kitty, you going to have some? Oh, yeah. All right, come on over. Lick her lips. Lick her <laughs> lips. Uh, we'll, let, we'll wait for the ladies here for a second. While we're doing that, um, we'll give our guest an intro, and then we'll let the ladies do a clink and drink with us. Um, so I am super excited tonight to have uh, um, mm. this cheated. gentleman in studio <laughs> with us. You always cheat. Um, this gentleman in studio with us, not only is he an extremely well-respected local singer-songwriter, country musician, I love his sound. He's got a very southern rock, bluesy, just deep down in your gut, soulful sound to his music and his writing. Um, but he's also an avid hunter. And then uh, as we've talked about in previous episodes, he and I are both on the uh, what you would might say is hashtag Survivor Squad. 
both ha- uh, cancer survivors. Oh, can't wait to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I remember the first, um, because he's also on the board for the Midwest Country Music Organization, and the first award show that they had was a, a big element of him going through treatment, kind of coming through all that stuff, and it was very touching to me because I yeah. was, you know, just a few years, um, not even a few years, two years, I think, into remission. So we kind of bonded that way and connected that way. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Boots and Backstraps, our guest tonight, Mr. Mac Ronke. And a clink and drink. Clinky drinky. That is good. Good to have you here, Matt. Good to be here. Thank you very much. Yes, that's good. Oh, man. Anytime you guys want me to come down and drink your whiskey, (laughs) I'll make the trip. Yeah, buddy. It's delicious. Back to the whiskey thing that you were talking about before. Have you had an opportunity to do the bourbon trail? (sighs) So Uh, I haven't. (laughs) Yeah. So we had to drive it, and we couldn't stop at any of them. And it was the most excruciating what? drive <laughs> I've ever had. You How did guys you not are, just drive right off the road? <laughs> well, we had we had the motorhome and the and the wheeler. We were headed out to um, West Virginia for the. Uh, no, actually, I think this was to go out to the Smoky Mountains, for us to go uh, ride the tail of the dragon and stuff with the motorcycles. Oh, nice. And um, yeah, I didn't plan on driving that road, but that's just the way it took us from where we stopped the night before, and I'm going, oh my God, we have to come back here <laughs> when I don't have to be somewhere else. <laughs> I think the challenge I would have is, uh, and you've been in Kentucky, Tom, yeah. is picking which distilleries you're going to go to, right? Yeah. There's so many of them. Yeah, and, and, and the trail is, is very well marked. That's a big tourist thing out there for them, and, and so there's signs all over for distilleries, and uh, the Beam Distillery is, is gigantic. Yeah. And then you've got a couple of smaller ones just kind of off the beaten path. But, I mean, they've done a really good job of putting that all together out there. So set aside about two weeks and... and uh, <laughs> Bring your backup liver. <laughs> Bring some Advil and some Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting. You mentioned the tourism aspect because they sell packages where you can... You know, pick this route, and they'll and they'll haul you around on a bus. Oh yeah. And you hit four, five, six distilleries, or you can go this route and it costs this much, or you go this route and it costs this much. And there's a few I would have to go to. Like for me, the the top of the food chain is, um, um, and I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Buffalo Trace. Yeah. Yep. All the stuff Buffalo Trace makes, I'm just a huge fan of. Yeah. So I'm always on the eye out for like an Eagle Rare, but you can never find them and. It's something that I'm just starting to get more involved in. Um, you know, my family, my dad, my brothers, and I, we, we go through a lot of Woodford. And, oh, yeah. And, and now, you know. I'm, That's stiff stuff, though. Well, it, we drink it around the campfire. <laughs> <laughs> Sleep good afterwards, right. too. So. No, but... Um, you know that's been that's that's probably the number one for for us. Um, I've been buying a lot of the local one, the Douglas and Todd lately. Not a lot of guys like that because it's so peaty. Yeah. Um, and my brother says that I should try Scotch because I like that Douglas and Todd, but yep. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far into it yet. So, looking forward to learning more about it. Um, was gifted a nice bottle of uh, Maker's something or other. Maker's Mark. Yeah, it's, Maybe. it's one of their select ones. Oh yeah. Uh, for my birthday last year i got one that i haven't opened yet so i'm kind of waiting on a special occasion for that oh yeah we yeah. can have you back here next week <laughs> <laughs> that's a that'd be a special i'm actually going to be in kansas city otherwise i'd be here <laughs> ah. so yeah matt we shouldn't overlook the fact that you're a big iron horse guy so that's super cool tom have you ever owned a motorcycle 
Oh, yeah, I've owned a couple of them. Uh, there was a bunch of us when we were seniors in high school. <clears throat> we all bought 650 Bonneville Triumphs. Mm -hmm. And there was about mm, eight of us. And so we tooled all over heck with those. And more recently, I bought a Harley lookalike. Uh, it was a really cool Honda. Mm -hmm. It was white. And I had that when I had the restaurant. And uh, I had that for two or three years, and it was fun. Unfortunately, Lynn doesn't care about riding on a motorcycle, so if I didn't have her uh, <coughs> to go with me anywhere, we just didn't go anywhere, so I sold it. Yeah. we. Uh, I worked in that industry for a long time, and, and that's what kind of got me into it. I was always interested in it, but never really owned one. And I was pretty young at the time, too, when I started getting – couldn't afford one anyway. So <laughs> I got into sales and, and learned the ropes that way and then worked until I could buy one yeah. and, and then just stayed there for, I suppose, altogether almost 15 years of, of time in that industry. Um, my wife and I and my family, we, we used to ride a lot together. Uh, it's winding down for all of us now. Um, we've kind of found other things that we like to do instead, but I've still got our bike. Um, we, we ride a big bagger, firefighter edition. Oh, wow. I picked up for myself and coming up on... 40,000 miles on it. We bought it new. So everywhere we've been with it has just been nice memories on that. We've been out to Niagara Falls. Uh, we rode the river to Graceland and then back. Nice. Fun. Um, we did Black Hills one year. We did Smoky Mountains. We trailered to go to the Smokies. Um, around Lake Superior was one of the trips we took. It's, there's just no better way to see the country, in yeah. my opinion, because you, you, you stay off the freeways and you get to see and smell and feel everything out there and some days you're soaked and it sucks but you have to keep going so it's it's a humbling experience as well yeah i was gonna ask you I hate to sound like a noob but have you ever gotten out to sturgis yep. seems like that's the thing right nope yep um sturgis is certainly quite an event um <laughs> i had been there one time how many times did you flash your boobs <laughs> I got all kinds of all kinds of beads at home now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went out there for work back in like oh four. Okay. And and that was my only rally experience. Um we've been out to that area. The riding out there is absolutely beautiful, but I don't much care for the, the event itself. There's just too many people. And that's not really my thing anymore. So we went out there It's a lot of foolishness. Well, and it's just there's just a ton of people. I mean, you gotta make a day out of every single thing because it takes, it can take forever to get lunch somewhere. It can take forever to get gas, depending on where you're at. You know, and I'd much rather be out there and maximize my time, mm -hmm. riding and enjoying the, the scenery and, and well, especially and, the Black Hills, just beautiful. It's amazing. We went out there the last week of June, first week of July, first trip we took after I got better, and um, and. There was just enough people out there, so you knew it was something special, but it wasn't so crazy that you, it was ridiculously expensive. We stayed just outside of, um, in between Deadwood and Lead, up on 318 there, and uh, at the Steel, I can't remember the name of the place. I'm not going to try. I'll screw it up. But <laughs> anyway, it was a really, really nice place kind of right in the middle of everything and we spent a whole week just screwing around riding and seeing all these things and 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 it was really special just to be out there and do it like if you, if you get an opportunity and, and you're you're blessed to be able to ride a motorcycle do it as much as you can because there's not there ain't nothing like it 
Yeah. And someday you won't be able to anymore. <laughs> I, I, the, I think the big reservation I would have, because I think my wife would love it if I bought one and rode it, is I would just be like, I'm just going to crash it. I, just, I don't trust myself on it. I was reckless as a kid on a, on a pedal yeah. bike. I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah, you got to be careful, and you got to definitely respect the machine. And just like anything else that you do, you got to have respect for what you're dealing with because you can get hurt doing anything. And they put so much power in them now, you know? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I, my bike is, is no slouch by any means, but it's slow compared to what it, what's out on the market now. And I'm okay with that because yeah. I, I don't need it to be fast. I can get out of my own way, and, you know, it, it, I don't need a thousand pound machine doing wheelies <laughs> one of the things that i vividly remember about riding my bike was and this is really an odd comparison because you shouldn't do either but if you're having a beer like if you have a couple beers it was never an issue to get in your car and drive mm -hmm. which i'm not advocating but you could do that very well but if you had a couple beers and you got on your motorcycle it was a whole different story you're gonna yeah. crash that thing there's a lot more motor skills involved right and and you got to be on top of your game and unfortunately a lot of people don't take heed to that and it ends up hurting a lot no, of people you, but you get an accident on a motorcycle so much quicker mm -hmm. than just having a couple beers and that's why it always amazes me to see all these motorcycles pulled up to these bars and <laughs> i'm like Ooh, that doesn't look good yeah, it's it's a different kind of deal. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do, yep. you know, but it, it's, like I said, my younger days is a whole different, as my wife says, when I used to be fun, <laughs> things things were a lot different for Remember us. Remember that, Lynn? <laughs> Danny, right. you need a minute? Yeah, I just need a minute. I have a tech thing I got to check real quick. Sorry. Boots and Backstraps, brought to you by Homes by Shane and produced by Danny Geo Productions. Come on now. We're talking about Boots and Backstraps. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Boots and Backstraps podcast. 